What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Next Level Confident podcast. Um, I want to tell you about the awesome guests that I have on today. When you ask a brand storyteller how she defines her personal brand, and she says, approachable badass, you know you're in for a great story. Melanie Spring is our guest today, and she is an international keynote speaker, dynamic MC, and corporate trainer. She and her crew travel the world creating branded experiences for humans like you to find your stories, build your confidence, and amplify your voices. Melanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome. I'm pumped to be here. Okay, so you guys, you'll want to head over to her website, which is Melanie, M-E-L-A-N-I-E, Spring just like it sounds, dot com. <laughs> and you can find her on any of the social media platforms at Melanie Spring. Um, and she also has a really awesome webinar that I would really, really suggest, especially given how virtual our world is today. It's called How to Not Be Weird on Zoom, <laughs> which is perfect because sometimes I get really weird on Zoom and I'm on screens a lot. Um, so you can head over to her website. You'll find that webinar. It's $19 and we're actually going to include a 50% off discount code for you. So it'll be nine bucks to learn how to not be weird on zoom. And you'll find those in the show notes. Did I get everything in there, Melanie? Did I get everything? I think we did it. I think we did it. Okay. So Melanie, tell us why you are so passionate about teaching individuals how to share their story because everyone has a story and everyone has a story that they're not willing to share. And I realized this because I had so many stories that I wasn't willing to share and I wasn't willing to tell other people because I thought, well, what if, what if they don't like me because I shared that story? And I realized that I wasn't the only one feeling that way. So the more I started sharing, the more people would come up to me and start sharing their stuff with me. And I was like, oh, there's way more out there than I realized. And Over time, I had a branding agency for a really long time. And by the time I finally decided to start taking this this calling that I felt on my life to go, okay, it's time for me to start helping other people share their stories, not just find their brands, but truly understand their stories. I realized that it was because I had so many stories that I was hiding from and kind of worried about other people. And as I started breaking through those barriers, I realized I was able to help other people do the same thing. So it's a really, I mean, we all have these stories that we need to share and it's, it's up to us to be able to give them to the world. And if we keep them to ourselves, then we're doing ourselves and everyone else a disservice. Totally. It's, it's like one of my favorite quotes, which is as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. Exactly. And that's exactly what you do. Yeah. Well, actually I've been defined, I did a numerology class, which I don't know if you know anything about numerology, but it's the, the numbers of your birthday, the numbers of your name. So you turn your letters into, the, into numbers and it becomes the numbers of your life path, your personality, your work and your relationships. And my life path was to be a builder and a master builder because I'm a 22. And she defined that as a lighthouse. She's like, your job is to stand firm in the foundation of being a lighthouse 
not to run around giving people light, but to stand there and attract people with your light. And the more I talk to her, the more she's like, you're doing even more. She's like, your light is shining brighter and brighter as you go. So I accept that light situation. That's so cool. Wait, where does 22 play? Is that your birthday or is that your it's name my birthday. or something? It's my, if you add 913, 1980 together, it becomes a four, which with other numbers, it becomes a 22. So it breaks down to 22. And that's typically, I could get into a whole long thing about this, but typically that means that someone usually looks like they have ADHD or they have a hard time focusing on things. But really it's, if you get grounded, you could go to a much higher level and tap into that God light or that manifestation level of being able to pull in information for other people to gift it to the world. So, wow. Really interesting. Cool Wait, so if my birthday is on April 22nd, does that 22 play into anything or no? No, but like I can, I can super quickly do this for you if you want. Oh my gosh. Yes. Tell me go my, off on a whole tangent with this. Tell me my, <laughs> I know like we didn't plan this, you guys, but <laughs> now I'm curious. Are you going what's to a certain your, website or something like that? Like, no, what's your, what's your year? 1992. So four plus two plus two plus one plus nine plus nine plus two equals 29. So you're an 11. Okay. So wait, what did you just do though? So you added 1992, you added you add every single number plus together. nine plus nine plus two. 29. Okay. And then how'd you get 11? Nine plus two together, it becomes 11. Oh, because you take the last, the 92, because I was born in 1992. Nope. You just take all of the numbers together, add up to the number two, nine. So if you do four plus two plus two plus one plus nine plus nine plus two equals nine plus two. Uh, okay. And that equals 11. And so the, you're a master, a master builder is a 22 and a master teacher is an 11. So it's your job to be able to bring information to the world that they haven't heard before or being able to tap into other people to be able to help them teach themselves. So a two wow. is a teacher and a, an 11 is the breakdown of a two. So interesting. I get that. Interesting. I, I think so I'm still a little confused about, I don't understand where the 11 came. I'm still confused about where the 11 is. So what's a nine plus two? 11. That's where so you're, ju you're just taking like, like if someone was born in 89, you would add eight plus nine. nine. It's not the eight and nine. It's all of your numbers for your entire birthday. So four oh. plus two plus two mm -hmm. plus one plus nine plus nine plus two equals 29 and nine plus two. You have to get it all the way down to one number. Oh, I see 29. And then you take the 29 and you go two plus nine. Got it. Okay. Exactly. It just, just clicked <laughs> for me. It's okay. I was like, it's a I lot still <laughs> That is so interesting. Well, where can people like, if, if people are listening, they're like, wait, I'm so, I'm a interested and intrigued and also a little confused. Where could they find more information about this? My friend Georgette Starr is a, she's a healer and a spiritual teacher and she is, she's connected, she's a, a God person. So she's like connected to like the spiritual realm and to being able to tap into her source, which is so amazing. And some people are just gifted to be able to like see into other people. And she is one of those people. So she lives in this little tiny house in the middle of like outside of Portland, Oregon, in like the middle of this canopy of trees. I mean, it looks exactly like it sounds like her house is like that little like troll house, like the little hobbit yes. house in the middle of the woods. And she is like this long gray haired spiritual teacher who just 
shows up for people. And the first time I met her, she, like she looked so deep into my soul that I was like, who are you and where did you come from? Because <laughs> like, I need you in my I'm life. I'm scared, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. So she taught a numerology class. I took it. It's a six month class that she taught on how to read people's numbers and understand why the numbers work together. So there's like four mm. numbers for each person. And if you get married, you change your last name, your numbers change, but your life path doesn't. So like how how do you morph and change because like if you get in a relationship with someone you marry them you attach your soul to them and then being able to like take that into the next part of your life but it looks at your entire lifespan and tells you exactly who you'll be and how you'll show up in different parts of your life and it's really cool (laughs) dang i'm like very into enneagram and strength finders and like all the personality tests but i've never even heard of this one so i now i'm different level now i'm intrigued and i also i'm like now what changed in my life from getting married because i just got married six months ago mm-hmm. much to learn i love hey, it i got married seven months seven months ago yeah so we're almost the same oh really what wait what month did you get married <clears throat> august 25th oh we got married august 30th oh wait so then i guess it has been six months well maybe it's seven i'm not i haven't i don't count that cl- <laughs> i was just rounding <laughs> around oh no <laughs> yeah he'll be the one that remembers our our wedding and i'll be like oh shoot today is our anniversary that's funny <laughs> that is hilarious okay so tell us what your story is then because if i feel like you must have a powerful story if you're doing this to help people share their story yeah so my the story that i i have a talk i call, I call rock your life and it's basically a talk about how everything that you've been through has added up to who you are today. And in your lifetime, there's been tons of great things and also bad things. And all of those things end up adding up to who you become as a human being. And I talk about how I was in Bali three years ago and how I, I mean, there's lots of stories I could tell, but the one that I tell the most is I was standing in a class, a yoga class in Bali, and I was standing in mountain pose. And she said, I want you to think of the words I am and fill in the blank. And I stood there and I was like, I am tall. I am cool. I'm a badass. I'm really cool. Like whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. And then, and she's like, but I want you to think about the words that everyone else has told you. And I was like, Ooh, that's different. I am. And I started going through all the words and I was like, I'm too tall. I'm too skinny. I'm too fidgety. I'm too much. I'm too much that sucks. Mm. So I like took that into the class with me and she's like, I want you to kind of meditate on why that phrase is the phrase that you've attached yourself to. And at the end of the class, she said, now I want you to up level what you thought before. And I want you to really think about the words I am and take it to another level. How can you help yourself kind of become who you want to be? Even if you don't believe it yet, or you don't know if you'll ever believe it, I want you to think of a phrase that you want to believe. And I which is funny, we were talking about Georgia, sorry, and there's nothing funny because it's all perfectly exactly how it's supposed to be, but she that morning had sent me a quote because it was her birthday that day. And she sent me a quote and she said, I'm giving you this poem because I, I feel this defines you perfectly. And it said, she is free in her wildness, a drop of free water, a wondrous. She belonged to no man and no city. And I sat there and I was like, I am wild and free. And I realized that morning that I am too much and I am wild and free are the exact same phrase just said differently. So I took that. I was like, okay, well, what if I change the I'm too much into I am wild and free? And I ended up tattooing all good things are wild and free on the front of my arm while I was in Bali like two days later. So cool. And it was like that, that story is what kind of like took me into that space of three years ago going, okay, so how do I change everything? And I ended up 
just, I had just broken up with my boyfriend who a year and a half, uh, we had dated for a year and a half and we were totally getting married and it was not working out. Like we broke up on Valentine's day of all days. And it was just like, I walked into this class going, okay, like I really want to truly be here and be in this. It was like a two week vacation, but it was like a lot of introspective work. And then I got home and my entire company, I, my, one of my team members had said, oh, did you, like, nobody's really doing any work while you're gone. And I was like, that's a lot. Oh, really? So I left for two weeks and nothing happened. And she's like, no, and even if you have to let me go because you can't keep everybody, that's okay. So I ended up keeping her and letting the rest of the team go <laughs> and switching everything. And it was three years ago that I decided that it was time to switch things. And the reason I say that story is because most of us are holding on to stuff from like way back that we don't even remember. Like I used to sit on my hands all the time watching TV because my mom would tell me I was fidgeting too much. Mm-hmm. And she got to hear me tell the story of how I was too much because in high school I was told I was too tall and I was too skinny. And I was, you know, I was just like maybe 90 pounds and six feet tall at 12, you know, like tiny little human being who is way too tall. <laughs> so wait, how tall are you? I'm six feet. You are. Oh my gosh. I definitely don't weigh 90 pounds anymore, but <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I think you're probably for the best. Be but, yeah. That's amazing. It's like cool. Cause we haven't met in person and you know, we zoom call and I wouldn't know that you're six feet tall from a zoom call, but that's incredible. Yeah. But it's like taking those stories and going, how can I change the story and how do I become mm. who I really want to be? I mean, there's even another one that I actually told in front of my mom for the first time in a big room of like 600 women in tech. And I was in this, in this talk, talking about the fact that when I was in my early thirties, I cut off all my hair and then my mom and I quit talking to each other, not because of the hair, but it was all at the same time. And um, we had had a big disagreement because of something she had done and we didn't talk for two and a half years. And in those two and a half years, I started doing what I wanted. I started wearing what I wanted. I started getting tattoos. I started doing my hair the way that I wanted. I didn't think about how she was going to think about me during those two and a half years. And I stopped worrying about how she was going to judge me. And she never did, but I always felt like she would. And so like, I stopped worrying about what she thought and I started becoming who I really was. So when we finally started talking again, she's like, you know that I love you exactly as you are. And I'm like, like, that's a lot because I had put all that like judgment on her for so long. And I finally started becoming myself and going, I've been waiting to become myself because I thought she wouldn't like it. Mm. And so those stories started coming out and I was like, okay, there's a lot more (laughs) to speak into. And I realized that most of us are holding on to these and we're not even working through them. So how can we make sure that we like really talk through them and work through them and grow from them? And sorry, Denver is like, the worst of my nose. You're good. <laughs> but being able to- you just blew, You're like in the middle of talking, like, okay, we're good. <laughs> and we continue. <laughs> That's how authentic you are. It's <laughs> but how can we, how can we take these stories and grow from them and other, and also teach other people? Like, this is why I am the way that I am because years ago, people would tell me, well, you're just, your life is so perfect. And you figured out how to do all these amazing things. And you're such a badass and you're so cool and whatever. And I'm like, dude, I lost my house when the market crashed right after I got divorced. And I like lived in my office for a year and a half. And I did like, I started talking about all these things and people are like, Oh, Oh. wow. You have been through a lot. Oh, interesting. So yeah, there's, there's a lot that needs to like, if you start sharing your story, you start sharing who you are, then people start going, Oh, so you're a real person. You're not weird. Mm, Yeah. 
And just like we talked about at the beginning, it's like, as you are sharing your story right now, I am connecting dots in my own story. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so powerful because I moved to California almost four years ago and you know, similar things where I had put things upon my parents where I'm like, they want me to be like this. They expect me to be like this. And when I moved to California, it's like I was far enough away because they, they live here in Colorado. I kind of recreated myself in a way. Mm -hmm. And, um, as you're sharing your story about that, it helps me to connect dots in my own story, which I think is really incredible. And that's how it is. Every time someone shares their story. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. My husband is being super loud in the other room and I was texting him to tell him to be quiet. Hold on two seconds. <laughs> I can't hear him, but you're good. All right. Doors are shut. <laughs> He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, shh. It's okay. I really, we couldn't hear it. I don't think anyone good. could, but my <laughs> I husband- I can hear it and I'm like, I can't. It's distracting. Yeah. My <laughs> husband like yells when he's on the phone. So whenever I do podcasts, we have a living room and then we have our bedroom, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. in the office and I'm like, you can't take phone calls from the living room. You need to go into our bedroom and close the door so we have room of space because otherwise we will hear your yelling on the podcast. I make him go into our bedroom, into our bathroom, in the other room, or go into the hallway. I'm like, you can't. Like if I'm recording, you have Put to yourself go in the closet. Lock yourself Why? in the closet, hon. Okay, get with all clothing. Get on your hands and knees. Shut the door. Shut the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's amazing. of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the confidence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote unquote, okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the confidence workshop. Okay, so one thing you said when we talked on the phone the other day that I loved was speak from who you are, not as someone else. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to presenting, be that a corporate presentation, an entrepreneur releasing a video on social media, or even a yoga instructor teaching that class, mm-hmm. what do you think is the biggest challenge? in showing up for an audience? What fears come up for people? Oh my gosh, there's so many of them. I was actually talking about this when I was, I did a webinar yesterday on how to not be weird on Zoom. And I was doing it for a bunch of women at the Riveter, which is a co-working space across the US. 
And I put together a list of all the things that people like don't, they like the things that stop them from showing up or the things that stop them from hitting start or the, like whatever that is. And most of it has to do with the fear of what people will think about them. And that's the thing that stops most of us, but it comes down to ego. Like when you start realizing that if I'm sitting here not doing this thing or not sharing this thing or not giving my story, it's coming from a place of ego if it's about the fact that you're worried about people and what they think about you. If you go to a place of, it's not about me, which I say a lot, I'm like, it's not about you. If you share from that space of, it's not about me, I'm not doing this for me, I'm not doing this to make money, I'm not doing this to, to feel good about myself, to get more followers, to get more whatever, then you start sharing more authentically and you hit the play button. You're like, I'm going to just do this. And I'm going to do this the way that I need to do this. Like even in the webinar yesterday, I was like, the thing you really need to think about is how can I make sure that as I'm showing up, it's not about perfection. It's not about having the right background or the perfect light or the perfect outfit or the right makeup. It's about being you. It's about being authentically you and what that looks like for you. And I was showing examples of people like I mom so hard is one of my favorite, they're my favorite comedians and I'm not even a mom and I love them so much, but they sit in their kid's playroom on the play couch and do their videos and they have great lighting. They've got great makeup on, they've got the whatever, but they're sitting in their playroom, not in a perfect studio doing their thing because they're being authentically them. And they're talking about, I mean, they put on bathing suits and tried on bathing suits. Like I mom so I mom so hard, like did a bathing suit edition with their mom bodies in bathing suits going, doesn't this look amazing? Do you just see how amazing this looks with my rolls? <laughs> because they're authentically them and they're like, this isn't about me. This is about you. How can I share this with you? Hmm, that's so good. Gosh, I'm thinking of all the ways that that, that has shown up in my own life and it's so easy when you get on a camera to think about yourself, right? You're like, what is everyone thinking about me right now? Instead of taking the focus off of you and just saying, how can I serve these people? How can I encourage them? Mm-hmm. What do they need? And I bet you a lot of moms needed to see these mom bods, right? <laughs> that, that are so you know, imperfect and they're like, they're so confident. Mm-hmm. Even in their, you know, even in the bathing suit, even in, I mean, I haven't seen it, but even in their imperfection, you know, they're not a Victoria's Secret model looking all perfect and, and amazing. Yep. And another thing I thought of is Rachel Hollis. There's a time that she was recording a podcast and she was like, my kids are all playing outside. I needed a quiet space. So I'm literally in one of my kids' bedrooms mm-hmm. on my iPhone recording this podcast. Yeah. And it, it's funny because I've talked to numerous people who want to start a podcast and they are like, okay, so like what equipment do you use? What, you know, this do you have? And, and, you know, I have a little bit of that stuff, but I knew that if I obsessed over every little piece of the perfection of my podcast, that I would never do it. Cause it'd be too scary. And, and so I just had to be like, okay, I got this cheap $30 microphone. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, I have zoom. I, you know, I pay $14.99 a month to be able to do this. Yeah. And otherwise I just release podcasts and they're super imperfect. And you know, they're not, Sometimes I think they're really awesome. Sometimes I'm like, well, I don't know if people care about this or not, but I'll release it anyway, you know? And, and it's, it's more about taking the action despite the imperfection, right? Yeah. One of the things that I do each morning, like I, I post each of my posts each morning and it's a terrible way to do that. (laughs) So don't do what I'm doing because of that. But I realized that if I tapped into what I could feel was really needed that day, 
the mm-hmm. more I like sat with it and was like, okay, well, what's showing up? Like, what's the thing if I could like, and I'm not a meditator. I'm not good at that stuff. Like I, I do it to sleep more than anything. But when I, if I just sit there and really think about like, what is needed today and what can I give to other people? And it's not about me. It's not about getting more followers or more likes or more comments. What does someone need today? If one person said, thank you, this was exactly what I needed today. And every time I've done that, someone has posted oh my gosh, how did you know that was exactly what I needed today? And I'm like, Mm. it's reminding me that I can't just post for the sake of posting. I have to think about like, what's the content that I need to be sharing that people really truly need to hear right now? And how can I do it in the most authentic way? So So don't don't do it that way. But like, (laughs) if you can really like tap into that content and do it ahead of time, that's always better. (laughs) That would be, yeah, that would be more ideal is to to do it in a batch time. So for those of you listening who don't even know what we're talking about, a lot of times it's good if you're posting every day on Instagram, not to do it day by day, but instead to use an app that's like a middleman that you create all your posts in for a week or even a month at a time. So that way you feel more free each day because you don't have to constantly be thinking, what am I posting today? What am I posting today? Etc. So, um, okay. So what about you? Were you ever afraid of, of showing up for people? (laughs) Yes, of course. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So afraid. And it's, it's become a constant work in progress to not be afraid of it and to not be worried about it. I mean, my whole corporate career, which was all of, I mean, it was 2002 to 2008, not very long. Like I had six, seven years or so of working in the corporate space. I was always in trouble. Like in college, I was in trouble and like, I was always in trouble for something. So like, I feel like I grew up until the age of me starting my own business, I was in trouble. And then I got clients and then I was in trouble again. And I was like, great, this is awesome. I'm always in trouble about something. (laughs) But it, it, it made me start realizing like, if I own my voice and if I own who I am, then I'm not going to apologize for stuff anymore. And I started thinking about showing up with the you're welcome attitude and not the like haughty, like I'm way better than you kind of like you're welcome, like that kind of attitude. But the, I walk into everything that I do now and I'm just like, you're welcome. I am a gift. I don't have gifts. I am the gift and I'm here Mm. to give you something and you're welcome. And if you don't like it, that's not my problem. Like if you think that I'm insane for making you do what I make you do when I'm speaking, that's your problem. And I hated, I hated getting the feedback from people. Like every time I would get like a batch of feedback from a conference or something that would like make me not want to speak ever again, because like Mm. I read the like crappy reviews and be like, oh man, people really hate me. I should just shouldn't do this. Why am I doing this? But like, that was only what three of the 300 people who wrote it that I would like focus on that piece of it. And that made me like so scared to want to keep doing it until I was just like, yeah, but what if I didn't have to read that anymore? So I like actually started farming that out because I'm like, if my booking manager could read through these, delete the ones that I don't need to see. And just like, unless it's constructive, which not everyone's constructive with feedback, then it would be helpful for me to be able to keep going. And that constructive feedback does help. But at the same time, I'm like, you're not ready for what I have to say to you. And that can't scare me. If you're Mm -hmm. in my audience and you're listening to a podcast or a webinar, or you're actually in a live audience with me, you're not ready for me. And I have to be okay ahead of time with that so that I can go, I'm going to help people figure something out, but it isn't going to work for everybody. Out of 600 people, a hundred of them might not like me at all. Great. 
maybe half of them, I don't know. But if I can change some people to think differently about how they want to change their lives, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's not about me. So over time, it started getting me into that space of like, I can let this go and not be scared about it anymore. So yeah, I've, yeah, it's hard. And I'm so, that's a good point. Like when you, cause when you put yourself out there, it is, it's so vulnerable, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's not easy. I mean, I think if anyone that's in the space of showing up, um, you know, doing podcasts or doing lives or being on social media, everyone knows it's, it's a vulnerable thing. And then if you're the type of person who is generally just watching other people's things, um, and that's awesome too, but you don't personally put out information, you know, it's just like being careful how you judge people because it's, it's not easy to constantly put yourself out there. People think it is. People think that, um, you know, that having a brand or, or, you know, being an influencer or whatever you want to call it, whatever I hate, I kind of hate that word, but, um, (laughs) influencer, um, but it's just not easy always putting yourself out there. I mean, like I said, there are times even on this podcast where I'm like, I use the word like too much. I use, I do this too much. I'm, I, I'm so imperfect and, and that's okay. And not, and, and you can't please everyone. Some people will listen and love it. Some people will think it's stupid or worthless or yeah, they're, maybe they're not ready for it, or maybe they just like someone else better and someone else resonates with them more. And that's okay. I don't, because I believe in abundance and because I believe I'm a gift and your gift and, you know, Tony Robbins is a gift and, and Rachel Hollis is a gift, whatever. Everyone is a gift in their own way and different people's messages will land differently with different people. And I get to believe that the right people will hear my message. The right people will hear your message. And it's just having the abundance towards that. Yep. Yeah. Not everyone's not for everybody. Like Tony Robbins is not for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Rachel Hollis is not for everybody, but we have messages that we have to share and the right people will be there. And I mean, going back to even branding and who, who we are as a personal brand or a business brand or whatever we're showing up as it, it's supposed your, it's your job to make people love you or hate you. Not kind of like you ish, like your job Mm. is to like, remember when Nike did the whole thing with, um, Kaepernick, I think is how you say his last name. He did this, they did this whole campaign about like getting down on your knee and like, and it divided the nation, like divided. Mm -hmm. People were like buying Nikes to burn them. And other people were like, I'm only buying Nikes now. So it's like, you want people to love you or hate you. Their stock and their like business went through the roof when they did that. And people were like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. There are other people who are shooting themselves in the foot by doing stupid things. Like when Corona put out an ad about coronavirus and then everyone stopped buying Corona because like, (laughs) are you kidding me? Like who's in your PR department? Like you don't want people to hate you that way, but like you want people to love you or not like you because maybe you're too much for them right now. And that's good. Like you Mm. want to be too much for some people, but you don't want to be ish for everybody. You don't want to be like in the middle, kind of like paddling around, like it's fine. Everything's fine. Like, I'm just going to go with what everybody likes. Don't, nobody likes that. Nobody does. Yeah. It's that. And that's a great place to get stuck in for being mediocre, right? Because you're just, you don't want to be hated. And then you also might not ever be loved by me. You know, it's just, it's, you're just lukewarm. You're just right in the middle, just chilling and it doesn't feel as good. And, and you're never usually authentically yourself, right? That right. you're not authentic in that moment because you're just trying to please everyone. Instead right. of saying, I'm going to be hundred percent myself. If people like it, awesome. If people hate it, that's cool too. 
I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be me. That's what I'm going to do. I actually wanted to read you this. A friend of mine yesterday texted me because I had put, I, we do some work every year on, um, it's a women's group that I go to in Isla Mujeres in Mexico. And they, one of the things that I put in my list of things, I had written a, actually I'll pull it off. I created a, like a little, not a vision board, but like a board that said courageously humble confidence. And this is the tiger or the lion that I have on my arm. I actually have this right here. And inside of it, I had put loving others enough to let go of what they think. Like that was a big part of what Mm. I was, I was writing. And one of the things that I said out loud was, um, and she sent me this yesterday. She said, I needed to read through my notes. She said, be confident that what others think of me doesn't matter because I matter. And I was like, Mm. that's, that's really where it comes to is like, you have to love other people enough not to care what they think about you because you're loving them enough to share you with them. And when you share you with them, they might not like it at that moment, but it might come back to them later. I mean, this was like three months ago that I said that, and she just went back through her notes and she didn't dislike it at the time, but it made her like, it hit her now much more than it hit her when I said it. And I have people three years, four years later going, hey, you spoke at that one conference and I don't know if you know this, but you changed everything for me. And I'm like, really? Mm. Like, how, how did I, like, I didn't hear anything about that then, but how could I make sure that I continue saying what I need to say because people need to hear it. And I might never know who actually heard it or what I said really helped. But if I keep sharing, then I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And that goes for everyone listening. Like this isn't just Melanie and I, it's not like our stories are better or something than anyone else's. Every single person who is listening to this at this very moment, your story matters and your story is powerful too. And there's no reason for you to be hearing. You know, I think sometimes we have a scarcity mindset, right? So people could be listening to this and thinking, okay, here's two girls who are, you know, speakers and, and whatever. They have these brands and these businesses. They're doing all this cool stuff. But, but me, like, I, I don't matter, you know? So what would you say to that type of person who feels like they have a boring story and they're not that <laughs> special? What would you say to that person who is convinced that their story will never matter? Well, so I have two stickers for that person. So one sticker says, you are right where you're supposed to be. And the other one says, you are loved, you are beautiful, you are enough. And the things that we say in the mirror to ourselves, those are the things that we believe about ourselves. So if we look in the mirror and we're like, oh man, I really, these wrinkles are too much or this, this way, the way that my eye twitches this way is weird or like, I don't like my nose or I'm too fat or I'm too whatever, whatever you're saying to yourself, that's what you're going to believe. And if you start saying things like, I am beautiful, I am loved, I am enough, then you'll start thinking about, okay, well, what if I actually truly started believing that? Like when I started thinking I am wild and free, I actually started showing up that way. And when I started saying that to myself all the time, I started showing up that way. And yeah, there are days that I'm just like, oh, I feel bad today. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, if you're a woman, you understand what that means. <laughs> because totally. It's like totally. a cyclical thing of feeling that way. But at the same time, the more you say the positive things to yourself, and it's not just like, oh, you have to say positive affirmations, but it goes all the way back to, um, what's his name? The guy who did, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget his name right now. He wrote a check to himself for a million dollars and then cashed it. Jim Jim uh, Carrey. Yeah. Jim Carrey, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he wrote a check to himself for a million dollars. So recently, I actually, at the beginning of this year, which is really tough, I wrote a check to myself 
on to on day date, I think I dated it 12, 31, 2020. And I put it under the glass of my desk mm. so that every day I looked at it, it was for $25,000. And it's a bonus that I want to give myself at the end of this year as a thank you for rocking the heck out of it. And I put a little note that said, great job, Melanie, on the bottom of mm. it. And I put a little heart on it. And I've been looking at it every single day. And it reminds me that like, this is what I'm working toward. It's not the money because I'll probably donate most of it, but like, I want to know that I'm working towards something. And it's that positive reminder that I need to go, I am doing what I need to be doing and I'm going to be writing myself that check. So it's not just about the, I am beautiful, I'm loved, I am enough, but I am enough and I am more than enough and I am wild and free and I can do what I need to do. And I'm right where I'm supposed to be, even as you know, in this space of really weird, everyone's working from home and doing whatever they're doing. Like, it's, it's a hard space to be, but the more you say that, the more you're going to believe that it is true. Yeah. And I think you're really hitting the nail on the head for so many people on this. Um, I'm too much and not enough at the same time. And so many of my one-on-one life coaching clients say that to me. They're like, I, you know, especially for, I would say dating and marriage and things like that with significant other. It's like, that was my story for so long. I remember even having people, people tell me, just like you said, uh, they'd be like, you know, Janelle, you're a lot like whatever (laughs) guy, whatever guy decides to marry you, like he better be able to keep up with your, like a lotness or whatever, all your, you know, your huge personality, you know? And I, I remember thinking it would be nice, but they're not being nice about it at all. No, no. They're like, (laughs) they're, yeah, they, I, I don't know what they were trying to say, but all I took it was, was negative for the longest time. I was like, I would even repeat it. I would repeat it as if it was true. I'd be like, I would tell people the same thing. I'd be like, yeah, whoever marries me, like he's definitely gonna have to be able to put up with a lot. Cause I'm a lot. That was like my story, yeah. you know? And as I, and as I have begun doing this work and that's why I think it's so powerful, you know, it's people can see some of these conversations as woo woo or whatever, but truly retraining your brain, there's nothing woo woo about it. No. And as your life begins changing, as you begin to truly see what you're capable of and what you're worthy, what, where your worthiness comes from, it changes everything in your life. Because instead of always scraping by to become smart or to become enough or to become less so that you aren't so much or whatever, you're trying to become all these things, but you already have everything inside of you. Mm -hmm. You already are exactly who you're meant to be. You just get to, to show that to everyone instead of trying to prove that you're smart or prove that you're something that you're, you already are, you know, you're already smart right now. You don't need to become smart. You don't need to become something. And you have all the answers inside of you right now, but most of us don't take the time to listen and actually ask ourselves and go, okay, let's wait and listen to hear what the actual answer is. I actually want to go back to the, when I was telling you about Bali, when this reminds me of going like it's a whole other story with this. But when I was in Bali, I actually had just broken up with my boyfriend. Then I went home and like killed my business. And I wrote a vision for myself for five years from that day. And I wrote this vision and I actually created a workbook because I wrote it and then I shared it and people were like, can I write that? And I was like, okay. So I wrote a visualization <laughs> and the workbook to go with this. And I'm going to, I'll send you the link for it so you can share it. But Perfect. It's, 
it's basically like I sat down and said, where am I sitting? What am I feeling? What am I doing? And I started visualizing I was sitting in the mountains and I was sitting in a cozy chair with my dog and I was taking six months off and my husband, I didn't have a boyfriend at the time, my husband and our kid were in the kitchen and our cook was coming over to like prepared food for the week and we were going on vacation soon. It was like all this stuff. I painted this huge picture of what my life looked like. And I lived in DC at the time. I didn't have a boyfriend. There was no, like I had none of those things. And six months later, I meet a guy who ends up pursuing me, who Mm -hmm. ends up three months after we met, I moved to Denver. So I live in the mountains (laughs) and I start all of the things that I wanted. I got within the next nine months, not five years, nine months. And now we're married and we're like, we're planning on building a house in the mountains. We're working on all these different, like all this stuff that like, okay, this is crazy. And I was sitting in my chair in my living room the other day going, I have the cozy dog sitting next to me on the cozy blanket in the cozy house, looking at the mountains. Like I have the husband who cooks me dinner. I don't need a chef because he cooks me dinner. Like (laughs) I have all of these things that I wanted. So if you put your mind to what it is that you want and you start picturing it, you'll get it. So it's not something that's like woo-woo at all. It's about manifestation. It's about putting that out there, making a plan, and then working on it every single day. And it shows up way faster than you think. You can plan five years out from now, but God always has different plans. So yeah, so good. Yeah. God is good. And he's at work doing crazy things. And you just anyone listening, like you get to take the first step. You get to let yourself dream. That's the first step. Because if you've stopped yourself from dreaming, that's a problem. So dream big and then dream even bigger than that big dream. (laughs) And then after that, take some kind of action, even even if it's little, even if it's a little baby action, because those little tiny steps of faith, God can make them so much bigger. He can really amplify them. Well, like creating that vision. And then my next step was purely just saying, I have to have an open heart to this because that's my heart had closed up because of how much I had suffered with years of like heartbreak years. I mean, it took me 15 years to find between my first husband and my second 15 years went by and lots of boyfriends and lots of heartbreak and lots of awful stuff. But realizing that I had to just, I had to really be open to it. It was me that had to do it. It wasn't about like, Oh, I have to be in the right place at the right time. It was, I have to be open to what happens. My husband is 11 years younger than me. That's not exactly what I planned, but really, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how old you are, but you're beautiful and you look (laughs) young. And so I I think he's, he's doing really good. (laughs) He got a a gorgeous older woman, (laughs) a gorgeous older woman. Hello, older woman. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. So uh, just a couple last questions for you, and we're going to wrap it up here, you guys. So one thing that I love is that both Melanie, I, Melanie and I have built a brand around confidence. So why do you think that confidence is so important? Well, I actually, when I was building that, I asked all of the people that I knew, what did I have that they wanted? And they all said confidence. They're like, you show up in a way that I I don't feel like I can. And I feel like being around you makes me more confident. So that's why I started building speak with confidence and branded confidence and really thinking about the confidence piece of things, because I have the confidence and they were like, how do I get more of that? And I was like, oh, well then I need to put that into my brand because it's how I show up anyway. Yeah. So good. I know. I'm trying to think like where I first got 
my confidence piece from, because I remember I was at a coffee shop in San Diego and it was about three years ago and I was building my brand on just daydreaming on paper at a coffee shop. And I, and I had someone ask me, what would you name your brand? And I was like, I don't, I don't, I have no idea, you know? So then they were, they, it was a kind of a mentor. And he said, well, why don't you write down a bunch of words that you like that kind of resonate with you and then start to really sift through it. And so I spent days just going through my favorite words and like feelings that I liked and confidence just kept coming up. I'm like, that's what I, I just want women to have confidence. I just want women yes. to show up and like, not even like a fake confidence, but just truly believing deep down who they are. Yeah. That they are freaking awesome. Like every single human being is so awesome. Every time I talk to a new human, I'm like, you're so cool. Everyone <laughs> is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. Okay, cool. So I feel like I'm using the word cool a lot. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I use um, the word thing a lot, so I get it. There's always something. Lot, the word thing. Thing. Mm-hmm. That thing. We're thing, gonna thing, do the thing. 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 Yep. The thing. The thing. It's a good filler word just like cool. Okay. So what are some solid action steps that you would like each person to go do after finishing this podcast? One, you should definitely go do the, my life vision workbook because it will change how you think about things, especially if you have the time right now and really want to think about where you're going next, that's going to help you at least get the next step under your belt. And there's a visualization that goes with it. So it's really easy for you to like sit and visualize for a few minutes and then put everything on paper that you just pictured in your head because you have all the answers. And I would say the second thing is being able to to figure out your brand. Like who are you? Write those words down and come up with what those words are and how you want to show up. Because the more you talk the positive words, you say the positive words and you, you speak them to yourself, you're going to start actually believing them. Hmm. So good. Okay. So we'll link the work workbook. Is that what it's called? It's a workbook. Yeah. Workbook below. So you can check that out. And, um, yeah, I think that it's just allowing yourself to truly dream. So go buy that and then let yourself really dream about your life. It's, and it's free just it, so you know. Oh, it's free. Oh, <laughs> you don't even have to buy it. I figured at least it was, you know, a no. price tag for this, but you guys, you get to dream to for it. free. Exactly. <laughs> I want everyone to do it. Oh, I love it. Yep. So we're going to link that below. Melanie, thank you so much for being on the next level confident podcast. You are such a light and your energy and confidence and exuberance. I just, I feel so energetic right now. And I know everyone listening feels the same way that they're like, I could go conquer anything. So everyone listening, take that energy right now and do something with it. Don't just take the inspiration, get on Instagram and start scrolling again. Yes, exactly. Get off Instagram right now. (laughs) Exactly. Go do something with this energy you have. Amazing. So you guys go to Melanie's website. It is melaniespring.com and all the stuff that she has talked about today that she offers is linked below. So you can check those out. Melanie, have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you for being here. Thanks you too.